Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome. I want to welcome those watching online in Duval, Issaquah, Castle Rock, uh, Renton. Uh, we are so glad that you're here today. I am Ben. I'm the lead pastor. And we are right in the middle of a series called Hope Agent. We're looking at a book of the Bible. If you're not a Bible person, this is a great way to get uh, acquainted with this book of the Bible, uh, 1 Thessalonians. And what we've been doing is working our way through that book of the Bible this summer. And uh, we, chapter 1, we looked at what does it mean to experience a personal faith and to share that. Uh, last week, we looked at our call that it's, it's more than just about us, that God has created us uh, to, to serve uh, both inside and outside the church. We had uh, 96 people uh, decide to sign up uh, to serve somewhere inside the church last weekend. Uh, and if you uh, weren't here, I know summer people are in and out, I encourage you to check that out. Uh, it's not just uh, that we're going to see a lot of people come. This has been our best summer ever at Timberlake uh, in terms of uh, uh, people coming. Uh, part of it is because summer didn't come until two weeks ago. And, uh, but the, uh, so it made you more spiritual, I guess. But uh, as, we, as we've been moving through this, uh, it's also about what God's doing in the fall and what God wants to do in your life as well. As we discover our purpose, as we live that out, that we are made for more. You know, uh, oftentimes uh, as we uh, do that, uh, we, we can get confused. Like this week we're looking at, at bringing out the best in other people. I'm going to talk about that. Sometimes our intentions and what really happens, there can be a gap. Uh, this week, as, as you may know, uh, we're having baptisms on, uh, on our campuses. And so that's a great celebration. Uh, and that's one message we're trying to communicate we also have a kids event this weekend, so kids can have fun, invite their friends. But I got to tell you is that we didn't put enough thought into this weekend because we're having baptisms this weekend, and the kids event is called Shark Week. <laughs> and I don't know, I think somehow that's sending uh, the wrong message. Uh, you know, we can have great intentions but sometimes we would, if you're honest, you might admit with me that we send uh, the wrong message. We're in 1 Thessalonians, we are looking at this mandate to, to, to really be a life-giving person. No one's going to, you, you know, argue against that. I know some of you might say, hey, you know, I like it when you get in the deep stuff. This sounds a little light, a little Oprah-y-ish. Uh, I am giving away a car, but it is, uh, it, it is really, I'm not really giving away a car, uh, but the, it, it is really significant. You think about how this can affect your life. Uh, one of my stepdads, which is a whole other story that I made that statement, uh, as I lovingly called him number six. Anyway, uh, he was a great guy, and I really liked him. Uh, he was one of those people who could uh, bring out the best in other people. He worked for Boeing. 
He had a job that they would have never hired him for. I think he had 78 people downline from him at Boeing. He didn't, uh, what, didn't even uh, have a college education or a technical education. He, he really was good at one thing, bringing out the best in other people. He said, you know what, uh, all the people who work for me always get promoted past me. Uh, but the fun thing is, is I get bumped up along the way. And so did it affect his career? Absolutely, his career, his retirement, his finances, everything, because he had this skill. In fact, there were people, most people had more technical skills than he had and never achieved his position because he was good at this one thing. Now, that's from a career, think about in a marriage relationship. If you're good at bringing out the best in your spouse or if you're dating your boyfriend or girlfriend, how's the relationship going to go? Some of you are saying, hey, I'm good at bringing out the worst in them. <laughs> well, maybe today you're going to learn a new skill. Isn't that great? Uh, parenting. Sometimes we do the same things and we want different outcomes, but we, we can't understand that something needs to change. It, this is all over the Bible, this mandate. In fact, we're going to just look at three verses from 1 Thessalonians. Uh, 4.18, it says, encourage one another. And then we uh, look again in 5.11. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. And then uh, 5.14, it says, we urge you, brothers and sisters, encourage the disheartened. Daniel Goldman, in his book, Emotional Intelligence, uh, makes a very interesting observation, uh, saying, emotions are contagious. In other words, each of us has the power to set a tone for our home. If we react harshly, in all likelihood, our mate will respond harshly. Conversely, if we act positively and respectfully, chances are very good they will respond that way back to us. You want a better marriage? You need to learn the skill. Parenting Magazine uh, observes the same thing as well, that if children are treated as aggressive, as stupid, or tiresome, that they will act that out accordingly. So we know this is important, and no one's going to disagree with me, but wouldn't you maybe admit that there can be a gap between what, how I know I should live, how I know what's best for every aspect of my life, my friendships and my family and how I relate in church and with my career, and what really happens. How come we don't do this? I, I've observed three reasons. Uh, one is we can just be embarrassed. We can be embarrassed to, to focus on someone else. It, it, we, we feel like maybe it diminishes us. Actually, it doesn't make you look small. It makes you uh, look big. We have a negative default. Uh, I grew up in a family. Uh, I love my family, but my, we, we had a negative default. In fact, uh, the, if you've ever read the book, The Five Love Languages, in my family, our love language was sarcasm. That's what it was. And so we, you know, it was sort of, so we have this negative default, and we just understand that. I mean, you, if, you have, if you're a parent, you know that. You have some kids, like they come out of the womb, and they're like, this is going to be hard on both of us, you know? And uh, so it's sort of that, we have that natural, I'm not sure many kids come out smoking cigars, but the, uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to make a point here today. <laughs> But you understand, like my wife and I, we're, we're not negative people, but we can be a little bit more, we call realists, and that's our nature. We, our youngest child, uh, we don't know what happened to her because she's born and she, she approaches life, hey, today's a great day, tomorrow is just going to get better. And I turned to my wife and said, 
we didn't adopt this one, did we? You know, uh, so she, uh, but it's just we have this natural bent. Uh, and that's okay to understand that. But, but don't use that as an excuse. Oftentimes we'll use that as an excuse and we settle for less in our life. Number three, we're unskilled. We just, maybe we haven't learned those skills uh, growing up. Uh, how, to, how to really bring out the best in others. Or we've walked away from those skills. We haven't looked at what the Bible has to say. Uh, and in fact, I'm, I'm putting myself out here a little bit uh, to say this. So, even people will come up to me and, and I don't know how to take what they're saying uh, sometimes. <laughs> Someone came up to me and said, I've been here the entire 11 years you've been pastor. And I got to tell you, you've gotten so much better. And then and I, I said, well, I, I thank you very much. And they're like, no, you don't understand. You're so much better than you used to be. <laughs> I'm like, thank you very little. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, and I had this guy, he goes, you know, I like coming to this church. I visited other churches, but you don't seem very religious at all like those other pastors. <laughs> like, okay, I hope that's a compliment. <laughs> so so we, don't, we don't know how to do it. And, and but by the way, as, as I look at this, some of the stuff we're going to look at is uh, stuff that I've read, maybe a message I've heard. And so some of it sounds familiar. Uh, it probably is. Anything that's like really profound came from me, though. And so what we're going to do is we're going to consider how can we get better. Three, three ways, just uh, this is not in your notes, just an aside. Uh, if you want to, when you're praising people, always be public, be specific. Don't, you're just a great person when you did that. that especially kids don't get it unless you're specific. Uh, put it in writing. I think we've lost this. When someone puts something in writing, uh, it's so meaningful. Uh, even as a pastor, you know, sometimes I'll get discouraged. I keep a physical uh, file of the notes that people send me. I mean, like, even if it's mar marginally encouraging, like, hey, nice try. I keep it, and I read it, and, and so, you know, th those things can... They can mean so much to us. Well, what are the best practices of life-giving people? We see that in this book of the Bible. The Apostle Paul, uh, he was life-giving in ways that maybe are a little counterintuitive, are different certainly than our, our current culture, in some ways that are similar as well. So we're going to just go through uh, these six observations, and I hope that you'll be able to apply it in your home, in your business, in your friendships. The first one, which is probably the most intuitive, is simply to expect the best. I talked about this. Dwight Moody, the great evangelist from the 19th century, said people uh, become what we expect them to be, not what we nag them to be. And that's really significant. It says in the scripture, for what is our hope, our joy, uh, or the crown in which we glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are a glory and joy. Now, the Apostle Paul had only spent three weeks with the Thessalonians. So, you think about that. Uh, he didn't, they didn't have a lot of training. And, and, and he, he speaks so positively. And he says not only who they are, but who they're becoming. See, a great leader is not just a realist. A great leader is a futurist. And if you can help people see that in themselves, it's all over the Bible. Uh, Jesus did it with Peter. Peter it was a total knucklehead, and he says, no, you're going to be the rock of faith. Uh, we, Mary Magdalene in the, in the Bible, Jesus, we, 
we know a little bit about her. It says she had like seven demons, which I, is not a good thing, I hear. And uh, many people think she's the unnamed prostitute in the Bible. And Jesus says, uh, you are my child. And she's a significant figure. Gideon in the Old Testament, uh, this is a guy who is called to, to lead the nation of Israel. And when the enemies came, he was hiding in a shed in his farm. And the angel comes and says, mighty warrior. I know times when people have, have called out that in me. And one of the greatest things you can do for the people around you is to do that for them. Now, the second part uh, is maybe less encouraging, uh, bringing out the best in other people. Explain that problems are normal. Uh, that, that problems are normal. There's going to be these, you know, these times that are not always going to be fun. Uh, in fact, I'm driving, my youngest daughter is going uh, back to college at Washington State University. I'm going to leave next, next weekend after church. And, uh, you know, there's some, th do I love spending time with her? Yes. If you have not been in Washington State long, uh, Washington State University between here and there is called nothing. Uh, if you're from a Catholic background, it's called purgatory. Uh, the, uh, so it, it really, but, but, but you know, it, there's going to be that thing. There's always problems in life, aren't there? The, we've had a lot of graduations. We get to see those, and I love that. Hey, you can take on the world, carpe diem, all of that kind of thing. Uh, one poem that's often read is uh, Dr. Seuss, uh, The Places You'll Go, if you've ever heard that one before. And it starts out really uh, encouraging. It says, uh, you're on your way up. You'll be seeing great sights. You'll join the high flyers. You'll soar to high heights. You'll lag, you won't lag behind because you'll have the speed. You'll pass the whole gang, and soon you'll take the lead. It's really encouraging to graduates. Wherever you fly, you'll be the best of the best. Wherever you go, you will top all the rest, except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. Thank you, Dr. Seuss. And then Dr. Seuss goes on to say, I'm sorry to say, but sadly it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. You can uh, get all hung up in a prickly perch. Your gang will fly on and leave you in a lurch. You'll come down from the lurch with an unpleasant bump, and the chances are that you'll be in a slump. And when you're in a slump, you're not in for much fun. Unslumping yourself is not easily done. Okay, let's end in prayer. The... Uh, uh, <laughs> One of the greatest things you can do for, uh, as a parent, as a spiritual mentor, is to say, we live in this place. Uh, a great American theologian, George Eldon Ladd, uh, he, he described it as the already and the not yet. In fact, if you're new to Christian faith or check, checking out Christian faith, this is really important to understand. That Jesus has already come. That the problem we have, you know, what do we do about sin and injustice? Our society is trying to figure that out. God, God has really solved that in a personal basis through the person of Jesus Christ. If we will let him come into our lives. So we have that and we get signs of him working in our life. And, and yet, there's problems, right? There's problems in us. There's problems around us. Because we're not in, in heaven yet. So we get this experience and this expression of God's power. And, and we, that's good for us to know it's a sign of God's uh, presence in our life. But we live in this gap. And living in this gap is knowing that there will be trouble. In fact, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. Uh, and compare that to most religions in the world. You're not going to find that there. 
And, and, and you'll find that there will be a trouble, but somehow you're going to be able to get beyond. No, there's going to be trouble, but Jesus says, I'm going to walk with you through it. And ultimately, I'll make everything right. We read uh, this from the Apostle Paul. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. Thirdly, if we want to bring out the best in people, is not only help them see the problems are normal, and this is probably more you were thinking I was going to speak on, is uncover strengths. Uh, Strength-based psychology is very popular, has been for about the last 25 years, understanding that uh, our strengths, when we discover them, they can define us, we can lean into those. We find this in the scripture. Uh, it says, Timothy has uh, now come to us from you uh, and has brought good news about your faith and love. Now, now, as I said, they'd only been with Paul for three weeks. They didn't know a lot. They didn't know the Bible. But they had faith and love. And he said, those are your strengths. Oftentimes we focus on what we're not or what someone else isn't instead of who we are. We read in verses 8 and 9, For now uh, we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? You want to change the tenor of your marriage? You want to change the tenor of your workplace? And it's funny because you think about a workplace. What's your number one job? Solve problems. So the tendency is going to be negative, but people can view to see, start to see themselves as a problem. Now, some people can't take criticism. I'm going to talk about that. That's a you problem, not a them problem. But are we good at that? There, there was a second grade teacher. I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, he, at the end of the year, had his students uh, fill out a sense about everyone else in the class. And uh, these, there are 20 affirmations, what they liked about the other student. And he made a little book. Uh, and which I thought is awesome. And look at how creative some of these kids were. Uh, Kaylee, she is good at monkey bars. She is elegant. Have you ever met an elegant second grader? <laughs> she is good at picking stuff out. Uh, Jason, this, now this is very creative. Jason is a good candy saver, <laughs> which means Jason is stingy. That's who what Jason is. Uh, and then you can tell what kind of girl this is, Emily. Uh, Emily is good at making people feel good. A good friend is good at being nice. When we see that, when we help people see that, we're bringing out the best in other people. And I, I know you want that for you. And oftentimes, here's the deal, we are so concerned about what we're receiving, we, we don't think about what we can give. And, and I, I say this n not in judgment. But if, if you're saying, well, you know, I'm not getting this, I'm not getting this, I'm not getting this. I'm not saying that's not true, but I am saying your focus is off. And if your focus is always on you, it'll never be enough. You need to say, okay, God, how can I, I want that, but I'm not going to let other people's reactions, good or bad, determine who I am. I'm going to be the person you called me to be. See, we look at this, and it's not just about what we can bring. There's a spiritual God component. And that leads to number four, be specific in prayer. Sometimes that we act as uh, we are the other person are the only parts of the uh, equation. 
The Apostle Paul, he, he points to the power of prayer. He says, night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. You know, I, I as a pastor, you'd think, okay, you know, praying, that's sort of natural. I do pray. Uh, prayer has been a discipline for me. I love reading the Bible, uh, but I've learned to pray more. I was reading an article actually uh, just, just yesterday, and it was on uh, more on like pastoral health, and it was talking more about uh, emotional and, and mental health. But I, you know, I'd just gotten sick for three and a half weeks. I'd never been that sick that long in at least 20 years. And so I was like, okay, we've got this huge fall. So many things are happening. This is really going to be monumental for our church. And uh, I, I haven't scheduled any time off between now and fall. I should probably take one weekend off. But then it's August, and I, like, it's sort of lame to ask people at the last minute uh, to speak. And, and, and I'm like, okay. So I prayed. I said, okay, God, I just, I, I just pray that you'll help me navigate this. I kid you not, I got a Facebook Messenger uh, ping from, uh, if you've been around here, you remember Mark Clark, who's been here? Yeah, so Mark Clark, he's sort of a big, he speaks at the biggest churches in, in America, has published a bunch of books, and a great guy, and uh, he's like, hey, what's up? So we do a little a small talk and that kind of thing, and I said, hey man, if you're not too big time, I would love to have you come speak at Timberlake. He goes, no, I'm not too big time. And he goes, I'd love to come. The only problem is, the only date I have open is in August. And I said, well, I might be able to accommodate you because I'm your friend. <laughs> and he, he doesn't know that. <laughs> Where have you not included God? See, if you're doing it just by your own strength, God will let you do that. He will allow you. But then don't be disappointed when he doesn't show up supernaturally. See, there is, there is a supernatural world where God will, will, on our behalf, in this in-between time, where Jesus has come, has given his power, given his Holy Spirit, but we're not in heaven, God will show up as a, as a reminder of his goodness. And I encourage you that you, you, pray, you, you pray for other people. Uh, people will come up to, uh, I always pray right in the moment. And just say, when someone says, will you pray about that? Just say, okay, let's pray about that right now. And you don't have to be trained in prayer. You know what prayer is? Conversation with God. Just say, hey, God, will you help this knucklehead out? No. <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, that God, will you show up? Be persistent. In the Bible, uh, Jesus, he gives an example of, of someone who, who didn't stop praying. Because sometimes we expect God to answer right now, and God knows best, and it's not going to be an answer in that moment. Number five, we need to challenge appropriately. And this is the part that maybe sounds less uh, encouraging than the others. But if you're going to bring out the best in people, you need to challenge appropriately. You think about a coach that you had. You know, the great coaches not only saw your potential, but they saw where you weren't living up to it. And the Apostle Paul, he certainly uh, does that. Uh, he says, may he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of God and, our, and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. He's saying God has called you to live a life that honors him. And he knows this side of heaven, we're not going to be perfect, but we can start to live more like Jesus has called us to live. It's not about earning God's favor. We talked about that our very first week. 
It's not living for God's love or for God's grace. It's living from God's love and from God's grace, what he's already given to us. There are some of us we can't be challenged. And usually it's a couple reasons. One, maybe we, when we feel insecure, everything feels like a threat. And with someone who loves you says something, and there are toxic people that really, what they say is a threat and is toxic. But if you feel like that all the time, then that's, that's just not true. I believe that 90%, 95% of the people in your life are not trying to show up that way. Can you, can, when someone gives you a, a criticism, can you ask the question, hey, is this from God? Does God want me to go a different direction? And then in this area, we have what I call the myth of omnicompetence. We have a lot of people, maybe you've done well in, in your workplace or in school. In fact, honestly, that's why there's so many parenting issues in our region. You, you would expect, oh, it's probably better here. It actually isn't because we're not learners. Because, just because you're a success in work or school or finances, it doesn't mean you're going to be a success at home. It's when you're humble and you say, no, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to take that challenge. See, I want to encourage you. I want to pray for you. I want to see God's grace for you. But here's one thing I want. I want you to be challenged to grow, to be the person that God's called you to be. And there's a little bit of discomfort along the way. It's saying, okay, God, I believe you're for me, not against me, but Lord, I'm going to lean in even when it's difficult. And that happens, number six, when we can exhibit real love. Paul does this over and over again. He says, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. See, when, we're, when people know they're loved, we can progress in life. And my prayer is that you've experienced that personally and profoundly. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.